Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. Man, that was a throwback video from like the beginning of time of this podcast. Some great people there. But today we have a guest that I have been trying to track down, someone we've been following. We were talking like crazy in the pre-show and we were like, we got to press record. So here we are pressing record. Trevor Moore, how you doing, my man? Brandon, finally, we did it. Here we are. We are, Love man. It. It's, it's It's been, like I said, it's been a, a real pleasure seeing your journey and and just as I've kind of come into contact and seeing your content and seeing the work that you've been doing lately as a, you know, as an author, as a speaker, as a, you know, a, a video producer, a little bit of everything um, for all pieces to inspire and unleash unlimited potential in all whom you serve. Just someone who I've really just had on my list for a while. It's been incredible to see just your content, how it's been, how it's been developing, and just to hear your story. I'm excited to share your story today. So why don't we just jump in? Why don't we just get there? Let's, Let's start, do it. man. How did you how'd you land on this path? How did you become the educator and then speaker that you are today? Yeah, I mean, I don't even completely know. I, you know, I, when I went to school, I was the worst student you've ever seen. Like, oh, maybe not ever. Or were you as well? Yeah. Were I've had a lot of people on the show who share that with you. I mean, I'd say like 75% of the people on this show have shared that same common characteristic. And yeah, that for sure was me as well. I mean, like that was my story growing up. I just didn't care about school. I did just enough to get by to keep my mom off my back shout out to my mom. Like she, if I didn't have a parent, at least pushing me, there's no way I would have done well because I just really didn't see the point of school. I felt like the content wasn't relevant to me. The activities, the tasks weren't relevant to me. Even the goals, what you were aiming for college or some hypothetical mythical future, like none of that ever connected with me. And I could have never dreamt of being a teacher and, and, and doing so many different things in, in education. Um, but I was getting an English degree in college. So I was getting a creative writing degree because as bad as I was at school, I was always decent at reading and writing. And I was like, you know what? If I can get this degree, it'll keep my mom off my back and I can figure out what's next after it. And so I, I, I went after that. And in my senior year of college, I, I saw a poster in the hallway in the English department at Florida State University, somebody that was advertising for a tutor for their ninth grade daughter. And I was like, and, and it was paying like a whopping 7.15 an hour. I was like, oh man, 
I can make some big bucks. And I was like, I had very little interest in the tutoring side, but I needed money as one does. And so I took that job and I started meeting with this girl. And the first time we met, I read her writing and it was pretty bad. Like I, I could see why she needed a tutor. I'm like, oh. And so I was like, well, when I'm writing an essay, here's something that I try to do in the introduction or whatever it was. And so she did that. And then the next week when I met with her, her writing was a little bit better. And I started meeting with her every single week and I was getting paid to meet with her. And all of a sudden her English grade was starting to get better and her writing was getting better. And then I watched her posture, like all of a sudden the way she just carried herself and her confidence was growing alongside of her writing skill. And by the end of that year, when she got the first B of her entire life in English class, her mom was like crying to me and she was like, thank you. This meant so much to her and it means so much to me. And, and I remember walking out of their house that day to go back to my, to, to my life as a student in college, just trying to get by being like, holy smokes, I didn't know I could do this. I didn't know I could take something that I'm decent at and help somebody else get better at that. And in the process, they all of a sudden have higher self-esteem and they carry themselves differently. And I remember telling this to a mentor. He's like, well, you know, Trevor, you could be a teacher. And I like spit water in his face. This was back before COVID when you could still politely spit water in somebody's face, but not really. I didn't spit water in his face, but I was like, no, no way. I'm going to be a teacher. I hate school, <laughs> right? Like I don't even like teachers. And, and I remember he said to me, he's like, yeah, but surely you had some good teachers growing up that you liked. I was like, well, yeah. I mean, I guess I had Mr. Peters help me get through my parents' divorce. And I had Mrs. Schwanier who was really good at teaching me how to write. And I remember Mrs. Perry who just didn't fall for any of the BS I gave my other teachers. And she just kept me in line. I guess she helped me grow a lot. And I, and I started naming some of these teachers as he's prompting me. And it kind of was like a light bulb went off or like a spark was lit. I was like, oh, this is what I could do. I could be that teacher, the one, you know what I mean? Like I, I kind of like those examples you just showed in that video about, you know, these great teachers who help students find out what their potential is and help them realize that, you know, there's, there's ways to grow that might not be cookie cutter, but they are for you. And so that's when I, you know, graduated with my undergraduate degree with an English program. I was like, you know what, I'm going to move and I'm going to get a job at a long-term care pharmacy because it pays $11.25 an hour. And if I work that full time, I can go to school at night and get my teaching degree. And all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I was working really hard in school, 40 hours a week in school and 40 hours a week at this boring long-term care pharmacy because it all of a sudden meant something to me. There was something that was driving me and, and, and I was working hard and I was getting, I was just so excited for this chapter, this career, because I was like, oh, this is something that I could really do. And it can really have an impact on students. And maybe it's, it would have an impact on me. And that started me off as being a teacher. And I started learning from other teachers and, and learning different ways to thrive in your work, but help students thrive in their work and to find joy in it. And all of a sudden I started telling stories about what was working. I, I started, you know, getting to work with other teachers about what was working well in my class or what I learned from this teacher and being able to help other people do it. And it kind of just snowballed into this whole thing that I get to do now, which is uh, pretty, pretty exciting. I get to keep teaching students, but I also uh, get to help educators find joy in their work. Um, and help them find different specific concrete ways to help their students find joy. That is 
an amazing story from everything you just said. I'm like kind of been keeping notes from $7.15 to <laughs> all the way up to $11.25. There Big. was a lot that happened between, you know, that $4. And so that's pretty oh, incredible. That's you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing to see, you know, the the transformation within all of that that you experienced. And you mentioned it. I was, you know, you had mentioned how you you know, that feeling, that unlimited potential moment, that moment where an aha, where like, I finally can, I can do this is, is that's the reason that we come back, that we lose sight of so often. I always encourage educators, celebrate those wins, celebrate yeah. those small wins, those opportunities to share those successes with students. But I love how you said that they also impacted you. And yes. I think that that's a huge part of it as well that shows that we're really in that purpose-driven mindset that it comes full circle at that point. And I love that you said that. I appreciate that. Well, and you just said the word purpose. Like, you know, it, it, when I think about it, like we've heard of soft skills, right? Like when we talk about collaboration or critical thinking or communication or work ethic, those are all soft skills. Those are skills I largely did not have the first 24 years of my life. You know what I mean? Like I didn't like working with other people because I never had to in school. It was pretty much about your desk your assignment, your achievement. Don't worry about the people around you. So I wasn't good at collaborating. I never had to. I didn't have to critically think because I knew how to BS a paper or get my friend to let me copy his homework. Or I knew how to just do just enough to get by. So I didn't have to critically think. I never had to communicate. School was mostly about just listen to what the teacher's saying and then put it down on a test. I never had to develop these skills. But then all of a sudden when I had this thing that I was aiming for, which was like, oh, I got to be a teacher. And I remember when I was like training to be a teacher and I would go and I would get these experiences or I'd observe a class or I would watch another teacher do something so well. I was like, oh, this is something that I can't wait to start doing myself. It was like I had a real purpose in my life for the first time. I wasn't that big into sports growing up. I didn't have things that I was really aiming towards. But now I did. And all of a sudden I was finding myself learning how to collaborate. I was getting better at communicating and articulate what's going on in my head. I was I was becoming a critical thinker. You know, my first teaching job, there was 400 applica applicants for it. 400 resumes were turned in for a single teaching position. And I had to think like, all right, how am I going to get my application to rise to the top? How am I going to be able to beat out everybody else here? Who do I need to get to know? Who do I need to impress? What, what do I need to do during student teaching that's going to turn heads and get people to write me letters of rec, right? Like all of a sudden these soft skills that I never had a good reason to develop my whole life, I was all of a sudden starting to develop them. And I think it goes back to that idea of purpose when we can identify and articulate what it is that we want, what it is that we're here for, not that we got to be able to nail it down perfectly, but if we can put words to what we're actually chasing after, you find that it has this impact on the way that you approach your work. And when we can do this for students, when you can help students understand why they're here, why are you learning the Pythagorean theorem, right? Like, why do we need, why are we learning about the civil war? Why, when you can actually put words to it and give students purposeful work and help them understand that, hey, this isn't, just about you getting to the next level. This is about you doing something bigger than that. All of a sudden you see a reaction in the way that they engage in their work. And so I, that's why I think it's all tied together. That we need to have purposeful work. We need to help students have purposeful work. And I think that's really the key um, to, th to thriving and, and being in this in the long haul.
if that makes sense. It makes 1000% sense. I mean, think about it. Educators are dealing with, you know, depending on whatever age it is they're, they're, serve, they're choosing to serve, they're dealing with multiple numbers of kids that are in one place where you're dealing with parents that are sending their kids that aren't spending a lot of time. I spend a lot more time in front of students sometimes than I do my own children. That's right. And when you do that, there is there is something that is that you have to be able to connect to. You have to be able to find a way to share stories, to make connections, to find a way to find joy in the journey or else you're going to find yourself really stumbling along that road. Yeah, I mean, because you don't get paid enough. Right. No. Like, so I, I've never yet met a teacher who got into this because they thought like, oh, this is a lucrative career. So like if it's not for the money and it's not easy, oh, here's a job where I can just mail it in every day. What, who would ever go into education thinking that's true? So it's like it, it, there, there's all these challenges. And so what makes it worth it? You know, I just had a conversation today with a teacher who's been teaching for 50 years, 50 years in a public school. And I, and I just asked her, I was like, how in the world? Because she still just radiates joy in her work. She loves it. And she can't get enough of it. She was supposed to retire 10 years ago, but she's like, I can't get enough of it. And I was like, well, then what is it that keeps you in this? And she's like, I've found that if I have this posture towards learning myself, it brings me lots and lots of joy. And so I go to this work primarily to learn from students. And in the process, they connect with me and they learn from me and they learn with me. And I'm like, oh, here's somebody who's been able to figure out what is my purpose in this work? And not that everybody has that same purpose, right? Like we're all driven by different things. Hers is this constant hunger for learning more and more and more, learning new ways to teach, learning new information that makes you excited, learning new books, all this stuff. That's what's kept her in it so long. And that's why, like, you know, when we see all of these young teachers quitting after only a couple of years, or we see teachers who've been doing this for 15, 20 years, and you're like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. COVID has knocked it out of me. Too much student apathy, too much politics, too many people protesting board meetings. Like, I can't do it. My first response would be like, yeah, you're right. That is hard. And so I wonder if before you quit, we take some time and try to figure out, all right, well, what still brings you joy? And how can we lean into that more, right? Like, what is the thing that that used to get you up in the morning and make you want to do this work? Is there a way of reclaiming that a bit? Because I know it's there, right? Like, the, the 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 teacher of fifty years, I just asked her. I said, "What's changed in education?" And she told me everything that's changed: technology, protocols, evaluations. I said, "What hasn't changed?" And it was like less than a second. She said, "The students." She's like, students have changed in a lot of ways, but their, their core being who they are seems to be pretty constant from the seventies when she started to now. It's like, man, if we can, if we can kind of hold on to what that is and lean into it and be able to articulate, this is why I do this work. I wonder if that would change the way that you approached it and how you felt about it. Sorry, that was a long rant, but I'm just, you got me fired up and Dude, she got me all fired up after talking. That, that was an incredible rant. And you know that one thing we do on this show is we dedicate each episode to somebody who's out there unlocking unlimited potential and all whom they serve. And you got to give us the name of this amazing woman. Yeah, oh, her name is Sherry Steelman. Um, Absolutely. Sherry Steelman, teaching Shout 50 years and she 50 just keeps going years yeah shout out years. to sherry stillman incredible and she incredible. got a phd in her 47th year of teaching 
right? Like, <laughs> like that doesn't help her in her pay for the next 20 years. She literally just did it because she just wants to keep getting better at her work. And then she just released a book or she's releasing a book this month on what she teaches. And I'm just like, man, if I, that's, I want to be Sherry Steelman when I grow up. Absolutely. I think we all want to aspire to be her as well. I mean, that's a pretty awesome thing to still have that fire burden so strong, so many yeah. years deeply in. That's amazing. You know, you talk about and, you know, how your work has gone from beyond the classroom to extending to helping educators beyond across, you know, across the country and, and beyond. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that jump for you, that movement for you, that work and how that's been an opportunity for you to kind of keep finding joy in your journey. Talk a little bit about that. I know we have a lot of people who listen to this show that are going from that that space of considering, mm -hmm. can I go to, you know, take on this entrepreneurial thing or this entrepreneurial thing, whatever it goes. And how did talk a little bit about some of your your thoughts about that process? Yeah, I mean, this was never the plan. You know, when I when I started teaching, I never thought that I would get the opportunity to go and speak and, and travel and be with other teachers and get to share some of the things that work well for me. But then also what I've learned from other teachers like this, this was never on uh, my life goal plan. Um, you know, I was uh, after my very first year of teaching, I got to go to a big teaching conference down in New Orleans and there was a competition. Um, and whoever won it got to give a five minute talk in front of like four thousand people. I was like, ooh, I, I like competitions. I'm gonna, and so I just submitted like a little video about what I would talk about in front of all those teachers. And I turned out to win. And so I got to go and give this talk. And it was just like, it was like nitrous. I was like, it was the greatest moment of my life up until that point. And I just loved it. And I remember going home and being like, I need to do that more. I just love this opportunity to do this. And so that was it for a bit. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, I was, I was, somebody saw that video and I got to give a little Ted talk somewhere down in Texas. And then all of a sudden my district said, Hey, would you come and give that same talk to our teachers here? I was like, yeah, you bet. And I went and did that. And then all of a sudden somebody said, Oh, can you come and speak at this conference? We can't pay you anything. Um, but we'd love to have you speak. And so I did that. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I should start blogging more and talking about my time in the classroom and what that looks like. And maybe I could take some of the stories I write about. And the next time I get an opportunity to speak somewhere, I can tell those stories. And so I started blogging every week and I started doing that for a couple of years. And then one day I was like, you know what, I'm going to make a video instead of writing the blog. And this was back in like 2015 when people weren't doing, a, I mean, the video, it was starting to grow, but there wasn't a whole lot of it. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to make a video about this. So I made a little video and I put it out to friends and family and I said, hey, if anybody knows any teachers out there and would find this message to be valuable, please feel free to share it. And like a whopping 200 people saw that video. I was like, yes, like we're doing it. And so I started making more videos. And then one day I was teaching six hour and I was whipped and I was like, guys, you got to give me some patience today. I'm feeling pretty tired. And this kid goes, man, teachers always say they're tired. I was like, well, do you know why that is? And I was like, maybe it's because I've had to teach the same class six times today. Or maybe it's because students like you have outbursts in the middle of class. Or maybe it's because I've got to grade that whole stack of essays back there. Or I've got a chaperone homecoming on Friday. And I've got, and I said all that. And I was like, but let, don't get me wrong. 
here's what makes it worth it. And then I got home that day. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a little video called teaching is tiring, but worth it. And so I just wrote this little video, put it out on the internet. And then within like 24 hours, like a million people had watched it. And then within 48 hours, 10 million people. And by the end of that week, over 20 million people had watched this little video I made in response to something that kid in six hours said to me. And all of a sudden my audience went from 200 to like 55,000. Then it just kept growing. And it was like this whole thing. And, and, and that's, and it just started opening up all these opportunities and, and the rest was kind of history there. And I was able, you know, to keep teaching, but then also all the opportunities that came from that video. And then people through the video saw this book I wrote and then the blog, and it just kind of grew this whole thing organically. Um, and it's kind of turned into what I get to do now, which is making lots of videos and, podcasts and writing books and still teaching a group of students, but then also getting to travel around and spend a lot of time with educators. Um, and so part of it is like, yeah, I got lucky and a viral video happened, but I made a lot of videos before that video went viral. You know what I mean? Like, or, or, Hey, I was writing blog posts for four years before I made my first video and, and I was traveling around and speaking everywhere I could for free or for a hundred bucks or whatever it was uh, to whoever would let me. And like, it, it was just kind of this, this decade of creating lots and lots of content and putting it out there and not knowing if anybody was going to read it or if anybody's watching it, just knowing that, Hey, this is something I believe in. And I don't think I'm that unique. And so therefore, if I believe in it, I'm guessing other people will as well. Or maybe I could communicate what I'm learning in a way that maybe they're going to buy into it and do it as well. And um, yeah, and that and that's where it is now. I just get to keep doing this stuff. It's really, really fun. Yeah, no. And and you talk a little bit about, you know, I know a lot of people get into this and and they try to build in the content. They start trying to to get themselves going and they get to the opposite side of you. So you got the the kind of pinnacle of it. You had a chance that you kind of reached the pinnacle of likes and followings and all of a sudden like overnight. Now that's amazing. And that is yeah. obviously the content was worth it. Number one, it was meaningful a thousand percent, but you also had an audience that came out of nowhere and that's, yeah, totally. and it, it does not happen to, uh -huh you know, everyone. So it's kind of it's like, let's say equivalent of, now. Yeah. It, it's not winning the lottery, but it is, you know, there, there's a way to work yourself into totally. it. You did an amazing job pulling. I'm not taking anything away from that, but I know a lot of people are listening to this right now and they're like, well, what if I'm not the person who's going to make a viral video? What if I'm not going to do this? Where do I go? What do you, I, there's so much behind the, the, the mirror of all this, because I know the hustle and the hard work, it, it rarely yep. gets seen. So Talk right. us through that a little bit. Well, I mean, like, because here's the truth. Back when I, those videos were going super viral and a few of them just really took off and expanded my reach. That was great. Nowadays, I've got a way bigger audience than I used to. You know, like on Facebook, 126,000 people follow along, whereas those viral videos came from a few hundred followers. And so clearly there's been algorithm changes. And so I've got this really big audience, quote unquote, on Facebook. And yet my videos now don't even do a fraction of a percent of what they used to do. You know what I mean? And so now I'm like, yeah, you know what? Those initial videos definitely help get it jump started. But the reality is I create enough content and put it in so many places that people find it in different ways. You know what I mean? Like back in the old day, the golden goose was Facebook. Um, and that's where I put all my content. Well, guess what? Facebook doesn't really serve me in that way as much anymore. It does. It helps solidify the people who are my top fans and follow along. 
but a lot, a lot of people who follow it don't see the videos. That's just the nature of it. We don't have to get into all that. Well, that's why I also put it on YouTube. That's why I put everything I create on Instagram and on Twitter. And that's why I have a podcast. And that's why, you know, every single day when I don't have to, I sit down and I continue to blog and I put it out there and I, and I try to study SEO and try to get on Google. So search traffic finds me. And that's why, you know, I, I speak, you know, a lot of my, the speaking gigs that I get now don't actually come from the content I put out there. They come from that snowball that you create. You know, I, I, somebody asked me if I could speak um, at this uh, virtual conference during COVID um, in Indiana and I was like, you know what? I haven't got anything going on that day. The, the, the world is just locked down. Why not? I'll do, I'll do a virtual thing and it doesn't pay a whole lot. But if I'm going to sit around it today, I might as well do something like this. And so I, would, I went and did that virtual thing. Well, a week later, somebody in Indiana was like, hey, can you come and speak to our school? Yeah, you bet. And so I go and speak at their school and they pay. And then somebody that was there said, oh, can you come speak at my school? Yeah, you bet. And, and all of a sudden that thing I did for free that was not connected to my audience and most of the people at it had no idea who I am led to all of this other work that is just continues to grow and grow. And that's really how it works. You know, like a lot of people ask me after I get done speaking, like, Hey, how can I do this? I really want to do this. I'm like, Oh, and you can, you can, but you got to blog every day for a couple of years and you got to put out content. And you got to put out content knowing not a lot of people are going to see it, but you still got to make it really good. And maybe you need to sit down and write a book and you can't tell anybody you're writing a book because nobody wants to hear that you're writing a book. People want to know that you wrote a book. So don't go and tell people you're writing a book. Keep it to yourself, right? You know, how many people are like, oh, I'm writing a book. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not completely sure yet, but I've got a really great idea. Nah, don't tell anybody. Sit down and write a book. You know, and then stop it out to publishers and put it out there and 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 make and risk making a fool of yourself and and all of the different things that go with it, trusting that at some point you're going to strike fire. At, at, at some point, this could grow into something or maybe it won't. I don't know. I can only speak for my own story. And like these are all the things that I've done for a long time. And this is where it is now. And then there's a long way to go. I got a lot of learning to do and a lot of growth. And I've got nothing mastered all the way. But I do know where I'm at now and I'm loving it. And I know what came before it. And it was a lot of grinding. I don't know if this is a bad word or not, but hustling and, and really putting and risking. I mean, there were times where I just did not feel qualified to speak who I was speaking to. But I did believe what I believe, what I felt. You know, I spoke at a in Notre Dame, university at Notre Dame, to a bunch of astrophysicists. They were like, "Hey, can you come and give a talk to astrophysicists at Notre Dame?" And I, I'm like, "No, I don't know how to talk to astrophysicists. Like, I like to do spoken word poetry and and talk about stories from the classroom and share brain research, but not the kind that's going to connect with astrophysicists." And I went and did it anyway. Because I'm like, you know what? You're never going to get better unless you do it. And I went and did it. And it turns out astrophysicists like to laugh at stories too, right? And they, and they, they think every, they, like, they can appreciate a good dad joke like the rest of them. And so, you know what I mean? Like, and, and it was just this thing. It's like, man, you got to put yourself out there. And when you're frustrated and you're like, why isn't this going anywhere? Keep making content. Keep, keep, keep doing it. Keep learning. Keep teaching. Keep growing. And just keep. Try showing up up keep yeah. showing up 
Keep showing yeah. up. You've shown up tremendous amount of times through the thick and the thin and the challenges, but you just have to keep showing up. If you're showing up and you're true to your purpose and you're, you know that what you're doing is going to serve and help and rise others to where they are going to grow and they're going to continue to serve others. If you're doing good, that work comes with the quality behind it. You know, every time you go into every single one of those rooms that yes, the, the doubt comes in for sure, but you know, when you get in front of them, you're going to land it. You're going to, you're going to speak and you're going to leave every ounce of what you have on that stage. The beauty of that is because that's you. That's the chance that we can't forget our identity, our, who we are. If who you are, that brand that you put together, if that's packaged to the point where it's showing what you believe in and what you really want to push forward and you really want to run with, if you keep running, you will keep growing. Yeah. Don't mail it in. You know what I mean? Like the way that what you'd see me doing a keynote in front of a thousand people, I'm going to put the same energy. It's going to look different, but I'm going to put the same energy. And when I'm doing coaching and consulting with five teachers, right? Like, obviously I'm not going to be as big and magnanimous as I might be in front of a whole group, but I'm going to have the same level of focus and the same level of preparation and the same dedication and care to it. And, and I think that's the secret sauce, especially for teachers as well. Does this mean every day you approach the classroom, you got to be in keynote mode? You got to like be ready? No, of course not. That's not sustainable. That That's not how it works. But can you approach your work every day with the mindset that if I can take what's best in me and model it for students and share it with students and create a space where they can learn and grow, realizing that they all have this unlimited potential, they really do. If I can approach my work with that posture, they're going to learn more. They're going to grow more. They're going to love my class more, right? They're going to, they're, they're going to benefit from this experience in school. And so I think what we're talking about here is for the edupreneur, I think it's for the classroom teacher. It's, it's approaching your work with this purpose and joy and, and trusting that when you put in work and you, and you are constantly learning and growing and you approach life with the potential for joy, there's going to be fruit from it. I, I don't think there's any other way. And that is what it means to unlock unlimited potential right there. Nailed it. I don't even have to ask you to finish my sentence because you started my sentence. You're the first time in 54 episodes to ever there do we that. Go. So listen, history just keeps getting made. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Trevor, yes. what's coming next for you? I know you're all over the place. Yeah, doing a whole bunch of fun things right now. You know, my friend uh, John Spencer and I, he wrote the book Launch. Um, John Spencer and I and I were putting together this new teacher cohort. Um, and we'll have more information out on that soon. But it's going to be a cohort for new and young teachers. Um to, to just really find ways to learn and grow as a classroom teacher in their first few years. And so that's going to be launching pretty soon to keep an eye out for that, as well as a book called Different from Day One, which is um, all about how do we approach this work different so that we can thrive in it. Um, so that'll be coming out. But yeah, if you want to just check out my podcast and some of the stuff I make, that that can all be found on my website at trevormuir.com. Brilliant. And that will all be inside the show notes as well for everybody else. And so, Trevor, it has been incredible connecting with you today. I mean, 
if anybody is listening to this podcast, I mean, there has been so many moments in here where I've wanted to like jump through the screen and like stop you from talking and be like, no, I want to say that because I wanted to jump in the whole time. This could have went on for an hour and a half, but I, I love your passion. I love, love the purpose and I love everything that you're doing in schools. It's really great. I, um, I think you're an, a tremendous follow for anybody out there and it's been just awesome to see and, and and see the passion and hear the story behind the the hustle for sure and the story behind the work because you've continued to to show up you know for educators and for yourself and and for everybody's out there including students and i just think that you know it's been an honor to have you on the show my brother well thanks brandon it was such a pleasure excited to connect more with you absolutely and to all our listeners out there if you have not signed up for the Something For You newsletter yet from BrandonBeckEDU.com, please make sure you jump over to the website. That's free, helpful tips and resources in your mailbox on the 1st and 15th of each month. Just head over there and sign up. And to everybody out there, do not forget that the journey towards unlocking unlimited potential, it begins with you. Have an awesome day, everybody.